ordinary people who are not ill may in the future take a polypill containing several different drugs to prevent heart attacks and strokes. This is one possibility for the future of primary prevention, according to Salim Youssef, Vice President of Research at Hamilton Health Sciences, McMaster University. At the American College of Cardiology meeting in Orlando, Florida, he presented results from the Indian Polycap study, or TIPS, which he's just published in The Lancet, along with colleagues from St. John's Medical College, Bangalore. I asked him to tell me more about the category of people they randomised to receive five different medicines in one single polypill. These were people who were uh, over the age of 45 and below 80 and who had least had one risk factor for cardiovascular disease like a history of mild hypertension, elevated, uh, moderate elevations of lipids, ab abdominal obesity, smoking, uh, it's that kind of simple things, or diabetes. Uh, that's the group we studied. They didn't necessarily need to have hypertension then? No, they didn't need necessarily need to have hypertension, so the mean blood pressure was only about 135. Now, can you describe the polypill to me? What were the components? Okay, first this is a capsule rather than a pill. Uh, the five components we had in it was aspirin at low dose, um, a thiazide, at 12 and a half milligrams, um, ramipril at five milligrams, etanolol at 50 milligrams, simvastatin at 20 milligrams. I think that's that's all of it, five, five components. So good standard therapy for maintaining um, heart health, as it were, but you're using it on people who are not ill, why? Well, when you do the initial study, yeah, you want to be able to compare the effect of the polypill versus people not taking the polypill, or at least not taking all the components of the polypill. That's not practical or ethical in people with vascular disease. So you have to start off with the next best group that you can study, and it's sort of high-risk primary prevention. So could you describe very briefly the study to me? What did you do? Well, the study had nine arms. It had people who were given the polypill, 400 people, and then we had eight other arms of 200 people each. And what the study showed uh, over a 12-week period was that the polypill was very similar to giving three blood pressure-lowering drugs at low doses in terms of uh, efficacy, lowering blood pressure. Uh, it was very similar to simvastatin, but slightly inferior to giving simvastatin alone. And the antiplated effects of aspirin measured with the urine assay called urinary thromboxane B2 was similar. So that's good news. Okay. But the even more interesting news was that as you increase the number of ingredients in your pill, we did not see an increase in intolerability. That is an important issue because that's one of the big concerns of the polypill. So all in all, this is a good first step. We need many more studies before we can fully uh, understand the value of this concept. There was some hint, I gather, from your presentation that some of the effects of one component might offset the adverse side effects of another. Absolutely. I think uh, it's possible that some side effects, say with ramipril, that increases um, potassium or creatinine could be counteracted by another drug like a thiazide that would lower potassium and uh, tend to lower creatinine. So I think, uh, I think the net result is not 
simply adding up the side effects. You, you, it's much more complicated than that. So what's the overall effect of giving this polypill then to this population of people who are not ill? Okay, um, the overall effect, at the moment we've documented on what happened to blood pressure, which is about a 7.5 millimeter reduction in systolic blood pressure, about a 27% reduction in LDL cholesterol, and whatever aspirin does. Uh, based on these data, one can estimate, and this is an estimate, okay, this is not proof, that over the long term, a, a polypill is likely to reduce, of this kind, is likely to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease for somewhere between 50 and 60 percent. What do you think doctors should be thinking about these data right at this moment, and what indeed might the drugs industry be thinking about it and be thinking of doing? Well, doctors certainly should be aware of these data, and in those countries where this is likely to be available soon, for instance, in India and some of the Asian countries, they will have an opportunity to prescribe it. In other countries, it may take a little longer, the regulated markets, but I think eventually there will be such, uh, uh, such combination pills on the market. First, I think it'll mean a far cheaper approach to prevention. So instead of the added costs of manufacturing, marketing, distributing, and a profit margin on each of five different pills, the, it, you, you can substantially halve the cost, and for sure you can halve it by 50%. You might even be able to halve the cost of prevention by 70 or 80%. So that's a big step. The second thing is we're now moving into an era in cardiovascular disease from not just trying to discover new treatment, but to implement what we know. That's the big treatment gap. And the polypill is a big step towards narrowing the treatment gap. But which people should get it, though? Surely not everybody. Yeah, I, I think for sure people sh who already have vascular disease or have hypertension or quite significant diabetes should be considered for this, especially if a future study shows that a higher dose of the poly, poly pill at full doses is well tolerated. The big question is, what about people who don't yet have vascular disease and are not high risk, say moderate risk? Well, that, for that we need a proper trial, uh, you know, where you compare the poly pill versus, uh, say, usual care, and then count how many people have uh, major cardiovascular events after, say, five years. That, such a study will take five to seven years to complete, but that's critical uh, in, in demonstrating what the polypill in that population would be. Wouldn't there be a risk in encouraging self-medication, though, because primary prevention should surely be done primarily by other means, diet, lifestyle, and so on? I think uh, already in primary prevention we're using drugs like management of hypertension, or treatment of diabetes or lowering cholesterol. So, uh, and many people take aspirin and a lot of people take vitamins without actually any proof. So the concept of taking pills to prevent uh, a heart attack or stroke or disease is not new. It's, it, all, all we're doing here is saying, let's take the things that we know work, that we know are safe, let's put it into a single pill or capsule market it cheaply, and make it affordable, and you don't have to remember to take five different things, just take one. 
But I think it would be a mistake to think of the polypill as a competitor to lifestyle management. Lifestyle management is the foundation of prevention, healthy diets, regular activity, weight control, and most importantly, smoking cessation are critical. The polypill does not replace uh, efforts to do the former. Both are complementary. And if we do both, I think we would be able to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease by 90%. But we've got to do both. Not the polypill alone, not lifestyle alone, but both. Salim Youssef from McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, with more fascinating new research and ideas for us here at the ACC annual meeting in Orlando. For Audio Medica, I'm Peter Goodwin.